Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly, with Faker Others, and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back onto her right foot, oh. and finds the net! On TalkSport 2. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. Liverpool are back in the WSL after securing promotion from the Championship at Bristol City. But the final whistle goes and Liverpool are back in the WSL. Just look at what it means to every single one of those players. Chelsea remain top of the WSL table this season, heading into the international break with just a point between them and rivals Arsenal. England's header might drop here for Fleming, who's taken it nicely and scored beautifully. And Chelsea finally find a way through. And there are calls for Iran to be ejected from the Men's World Cup after reports 2,000 women were refused entry to their match against Lebanon. So always we have to take care about this uh, human right and uh, I, I said it's um, absolutely, I, I think that is not uh, good to spend the words for this. From negative to positive as women's football history was made at the Camp Nou, we'll also be looking ahead to the Home Nations World Cup qualifiers and hearing from England legend Kelly Smith. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Hello, hello. Happy Monday, you lovely lot. How are you doing? I hope you had a good weekend. Fantastic guest for you, as we always do here on Women's Football Weekly. Uh, lovely to introduce Aston Villa, former Arsenal, Chelsea and England defender Anita Asante. How are you doing, Anita? Hi, Faye. I'm very well, thank you. Excellent. Listen, we're going to kick straight off because we've got such a packed show today. So we'll catch up with you properly shortly. But we'll start with one of the biggest stories of the weekend uh, because Liverpool have been promoted to the WSL after a 4-2 win over Bristol City at Ashton Gate. Before we speak to their head coach, Matt Beard, Anita, what an amazing achievement for Liverpool. Oh, it's a fantastic achievement for Liverpool and, you know, delighted for the girls, you know, to have reached this this point. And also as a club, you know, it's a massive club in, in football in general, in general, but also in the women's game, you know, it's a club that's achieved amazing things at the highest level of this division. So to welcome them back into the league just shows again, they've pushed on and they're progressing and hopefully will join a very competitive season next season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, promoted with two games to go as well is is pretty incredible. It's kind of looked as if it was theirs all season, really. 
yeah, I mean, they, they seem to have dominated a lot of matches. They seem like a very organized team, but they've got a lot of um, depth within the team in terms of attacking and, and defensively and, and a very seasoned and experienced manager. So he knows what it takes to, to really play it in, in the top division. And I think he's prepared them for this for this new chapter. Let's speak to him now, shall we? Head coach Matt Beard joining us. How are you doing, Matt? Congratulations. Dave Lynn, thank you very much. Well, you must be buzzing. What were the celebrations like? <laughs> the coach journey was uh, interesting on the way back. But no, listen, it was... Um, you yeah, can't just leave it as interesting, Matt. I'm not having that. I want details, please. We had a good sing song and that's about it, really. No, but we had players obviously going international duty straight from the game yesterday, so... But no, it was great to get it done yesterday. Yeah, you only needed a draw to get promotion. It has, I was just yeah. saying to Anita before you came on, it, it, it's felt as if it's been yours this season and, and you went to Liverpool. This was the task that, that you were given and you've done it at the first time of asking. Yeah, yeah we, we, we had a, a, a three-year plan in place and part of that plan was we knew maybe this was going to be a transition, transitional year. Um but but we managed to secure it in in, in the first year, which is great. Um, but you know we, we, we've I've said it time and time again, sort of yesterday and today. But we've worked so hard all season, the staff, the players, um, and the players and the staff. They 100% deserve it because every single day we, we've enjoyed each other's company. But we've grafted, we've worked so hard, and um, you know I'm proud, I'm proud of everyone connected to the team and the club. Hey, man, Anita here. I just have a quick question for you. How did you manage to sort of galvanise this squad over the course of a, a long season? Because we know how tough it is mentally and physically to sustain winning and knowing what's at stake. Obviously, you've worked really hard for this promotion, but what 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 really has it taken to get this out of the group? Um, I, th- I think the first thing was... Um, <sighs> We, we, we created competition for places with the recruitment in the summer. We wanted to address the balance of the squad um, because I felt the squad was was very similar when it come down to the personnel. So if we needed to change it for certain games, and I don't think in the season before and the games that I, I look back at that, that they could do that. But the biggest thing was just to let people be themselves. And I think if I look at my journey over my career when I was here sort of 10 years ago and then I went to Boston and experience something completely different and then what we did at West Ham and then going to Bristol City it's just about letting people be themselves and um, I've just let the players play with freedom yes we have a structure but pitches change on the pitch you know teams will look at each other and you know you'll try and counteract different things and I just want the players to be themselves and that's what we've tried to create that they can be themselves but we've got that work ethic and when we're working we're working and when we're not we enjoy each other's company and the respect levels between each and every one of them has been fantastic because when you go 19 games unbeaten, give or take COVID and injuries and, and suspensions here or there, it's difficult to change the team. But every single player has played a part, whether that's a cup campaign or whether that's a league campaign. So they're, they're the ones that, that really deserve the credit because they're the ones that put the work in day in, day out. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm just pleased for them. You deserve the credit as well, Matt, for, for getting them to this place. And as you say, ahead of time as well. But obviously, I'm sure your focus is now fully on how to make progress in the WSL. 
What are you planning to, to do? There's obviously going to be players who, who question whether or not they're going to be um, plying their trade in the top flight. But what's what are your plans? Um, we, we've been working behind the scenes. It, it's difficult when you're that close, you know, with the gap that we had, and um, we knew it was at stake yesterday. So we've been working on a plan A and a plan B. We can now focus on plan A. We've still got a few bits to do to do on that. And look, football's football. You know, there'll be players that will stay, there'll be players that will, will move on, and there'll be new players coming in. Um, you know, but 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 that's that that's that's the game, and you know that that, that comes with, with with playing football. But um, you know, we, we, we've been look, we've been looking at targets. We've been looking at different things over the course of the last few months. And now that we've obviously secured promotion, we we can really focus on that. And but we've still got two games to play, and we're on a great run, and we want to continue that run. So there's there's still lots to do. Have the club confirmed that there's going to be investment for for next season? Obviously, there was lots of criticism before you came to the club about the way Liverpool treated. Uh, the women's team. Uh, have you seen changes since you've been there, and will there be even more when when you go back to the WSL? Um, we, we, look, I, I can't comment when I weren't there. When I was there, there was support and from the club, and, and coming back, the, the the club have been absolutely fantastic. Um, like we're, we're obviously talking budgets, and but when when you're not in the division yet and stuff like that, so we've we've still got a few bits to sort out, but. You know, the club have been so supportive in so many different areas. If you look at the structural changes we made with staff coming in, um, the playing personnel that come in as well, you know, so the, the club have been fantastic. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure as we, as we progress that, um, you know, that will continue. Brilliant stuff, Matt. Listen, we wish you the best of luck. I'm sure we'll speak to you over the summer as well, during the Euros, as well as finding out what your plans are uh, for the new season. But, but congratulations. Congratulations to all the girls as well. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. Liverpool head coach Matt Beard there. A championship record crowd of 5,752 at Ashton Gate as well, Anita, which is absolutely incredible for, for the championship. Uh, let's take you through the rest of the, the weekend's results, shall we? Because uh, really all the focus now is on the relegation battle and bottom of the table, Coventry missed the opportunity to close the gap on the team just above them. It was a goalless draw with Sunderland. They're still on a five-game unbeaten run and six points behind what? Watford, who drew three all with Durham. So the great escape uh, still on. Coventry with a game in hand, superior goal difference as well over Watford. That game in hand is against Bristol City on Sunday. Then they have Lewis. And would you believe it, Anita, the last game of the season is Watford against Coventry on the 1st of May. You can write that. <laughs> it's perfectly lined up, isn't it, for just an enthralling finish to the season. But yeah, it's it's going to be exciting and it's great to see that in the championship, both both ends of the table, that there's this exciting level of competition with teams fighting to stay in the competition as well as working towards promotion. Yeah, definitely. The levels have upped this season. Uh, bad news for Durham, though. They dropped to sixth after that draw. Elsewhere, though, Sheffield United, 2-0 winners over Lewis. They move up to fourth. London City, a fifth after a 2-0 victory at home to Charlton. Crystal Palace up to third following that 2-1 win over Blackburn. Uh, now then, before we focus on the WSL results from the weekend, we've really got to talk about last week's Champions League. 
Arsenal knocked out of the competition at the quarterfinal stage by Wolfsburg. It was a 2-0 win on the night for the Germans, 3-1 on aggregate. Lyon and PSG also threw at the expense of Juventus and Bayern Munich, respectively. But the big story was a world record crowd of 91,553 fans packing into the Camp Nou to watch Barcelona beat Real Madrid 5-2. I mean, Anita, when you first started playing, did you ever believe that you would see scenes like this? Because they were just incredible. No, no way, Faye. I mean, it's just absolute stuff of dreams, isn't it, really? To see that you've got fans, you know, you know of all different demographics attending a game of that magnitude, recognising just the sheer levels of quality that they're going to witness and to be at the you know these massive stadiums the new camp is just an incredible thing to see and witness as a a player you know from the outside in and the atmosphere just looked unreal you know the occasion was perfectly set up for the kind of El Clasico that we've grown up watching in terms of the men's game but to see top level players playing at this competition is exactly where the women's game deserves to be and it's exactly where it deserves to have it to shine a light on it and highlight it, at the, uh, you know, in the Champions League. Yeah, it really does. Uh, producer Flo's with us tonight, as as always. And Flo, we've talked before about how crucial marketing is with, with so many games. And it's something that sometimes the WSL gets right, sometimes it, it gets wrong. But a game marketed correctly, it's, it shows exactly what women's football c- can achieve. Yeah, I was absolutely gutted. I, I couldn't make it out to that because I was moving house, but I had lots of friends who did go and they were literally brought to tears actually in the stadium because I think just like Anita said uh, and just like you've reflected on Faye, I don't think any of them thought as fans, as journalists that work in the game that they would ever see anything like that uh, in their in their lifetimes maybe even. Um, and I think it's really exciting to know. And for me, I think one of the crucial things was, was this this banner that Barcelona prepared for fans to hold up where they, they I think it said more than empowerment in it on it. And mm. I think for me, that's really important because I think... There's always this obsession around women's football and women's sport to talk about it being about empowering young girls. And and that's really important, obviously, but it's also about showcasing the sport, the entertainment and why we love football so much. And I think that's what Barcelona really got right. What they did is they showed that this is an entertainment. This is a spectacle. And that's why 90,000 people want to go and be part of history and follow their team like they would go and follow the men's side. So I think that's for me. I saw that and I thought, you know what? They're exactly right with what they've done with this. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Flo. And, you know, also the fact that there were young boys and girls with Alexia shirts, you know, banners, queuing up for hours to, to buy the, this type of merchandise just shows the, the sort of the pull that they have and the profiles that they have and how they can also galvanise young girls for the future to, to play football, but also the respect, you know, to have Javi there sitting from the men's head coach watching the game with, you know, Carlos Puyol and, and his wife just shows that they try to create this one club feel and that, that they're ambitious and they have this long-term goal to really put Barcelona top of the football heights in all areas is, is, is amazing to see. And it's kind of what all the clubs across Europe can really try to aspire towards. 
And you've hit the nail on the head there, Anita. The, the one club mentality is really crucial because we've spoken about this on Women's Football Weekly on, on many occasions. And what always springs to mind is when West Ham made the FA Cup final, but they had scheduled a Premier League West Ham men's game at the same time, infuriating so many fans because they wanted to go and support the women at, at, at Wembley. Um now teams, it seems, are realising that if you support your club, you support your club. You don't just support the men's team or you don't just support the women's team. It all comes together. And perhaps that that's where, you know, marketing and communications teams are starting to, to realise the power of that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all about the planning, you know, giving it the best possible opportunity to be viewed by as big an audience as possible um, because it is these are world-class talents you know playing the highest level in this incredible stadium and it, what an opportunity just to get more attention to it and also give the players what they deserve you know they work really hard to reach those levels and to get to finals and and, and showcase the talent so they also deserve to have the platform to to show that Yep, certainly. Massive, massive night for women's football and, and a turning point, I feel, for sure. Uh, right, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faye Carruthers. You've just been hearing there the thoughts of Aston Villa defender Anita Asante and producer Flo as well. Coming up, we're going to chat through the weekend's Barclays Women's Super League action. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Rothers. Aston Villa defender Anita Asante is with me. Don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app, so you can just go ahead and download it today. Uh, right, the Barclays FAWSL action from the weekend. Let's kick off with Leicester City nil, Arsenal 5. Producer Flo was at this one. Bit of a rout again after they lost 9-0 last week to Chelsea, Flo. Yeah, um, good first half for Leicester. Um, and I was it was frustrating for them because they managed to keep it to just 1-0 in the first half. And uh, Demi Lamborn, who'd obviously conceded nine the, the previous Sunday, actually pulled us some really good saves. Mm. Could have been a lot worse. And then in the last half an hour, I think it was tired legs. I mean, you know, Anita's been playing the WSL a very long time now. I don't, I don't mean that as a as a slight to your experience, but obviously, you know, you know, you've played against a lot of different forwards, a lot of different attackers. And we, how would you rank Arsenal? And and I don't think you've played Blackstenius yet, but Miedemar especially because it's so hard to keep your focus, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's especially when you're a new a new side to this division you know there's a lot of learning that takes takes place and they're learning from their experiences of playing top level clubs that they wouldn't have faced before um and absolutely when you're playing unbelievable forwards who are constantly moving you about and asking questions of you by trying to drag you into spaces that you don't want to get into concentration and communication is absolutely key um, and, and those are the lessons I think that a side like Leicester will learn um, through their 
through the course of this season is dealing with those challenges and meeting all types of different players because, you know, Miedemo is very different to Black Stenius. I've played Black Stenius over the years in Sweden, so I know how she can stretch the game. She stretches the game for her team and also makes it difficult for the opposition because you're always worried about the space in behind you, whereas Miedema can kind of do both, but she's very effective from coming into deep areas and, and being a, a playmaker as well as, you know, scoring some incredible goals too. Yeah, it's interesting watching Leicester at, at, at the moment. I feel I feel as if they're safe. I, I know mathematically not yet, but it, it feels as if they are, but perhaps because Birmingham is so poor. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've been there. I was there last season and I know how tough it is to, to stay mentally resilient as well as physically. Um, Leicester do seem like, they, they would be safe just because if you're judging on performances alone across the course of the season, mm. the Birmingham look like they, they are struggling a bit more for that kind of consistent form. Um, but really, it's just a matter of them focusing on their own journey, you know, taking every game, uh, the positives from every game, because ultimately they have faced two of the top three teams in the last week or so in Chelsea and Arsenal. That is not a reflection of of their season or the teams that are in and around them that they will compete against. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's a, like, it's a very young team as well. We have to remember there's a lot of young players coming into this team um, who haven't necessarily got this experience to rely on, but they definitely have so much potential and talent and hopefully Lydia can pull that together and, and they'll be able to progress beyond this season. Exactly, and that's what the Leicester City boss Lydia Bedford told Talk Sport as well. She's really excited about the future of her team despite some difficult recent results. Yeah, definitely. You know, we've got a core group of players that are still under contract next season and I guess it's an exciting time right now where you can start to have a look at what the possibilities are for us to be able to bring in. I think our training facility hopefully sells itself. If you watch the Sky preview that went out last week, as a, there's a, a uh, whatever it's called for it, um, and that's a great example of you know players being able to see what we've got at our disposal. I think then fingers crossed, the coaching's good, the environment's good, and you start to you bring in some key players that can help us. So I think it's about growing with what we've got. The girls have shown that against the teams that are in and around us in the last two months that we can compete. These ones are always going to be more difficult based on the number of internationals they've got. Look, I'm not being funny. You know, six subs or however many made, and they're all international players walking onto the pitch. So you know. We should be on the back foot, which is where we're at right now, but hopefully we can grow as a team next season. Leicester City boss Lydia Bedford there. Let's hear from the Arsenal manager Jonas Eideval because he had a warning for his players after telling Talk Sport about his own experiences of losing a title as assistant coach. 2012, I was the assistant coach in, in Sweden for uh, Malmö. We lost the goal difference. Uh, we lost the title and goal difference the last day. So uh, for me, I've already learned that lesson. I never relax. I know everything matters in that. Every goal matters to concede, to score one. So not just now, I'm always like that. I'm, I'm never uh, slacking off or, or taking it easy and so on. We can control things when we play football games. That means every second is important. You, usually you think it's the last game, then it will be decided and be like, oh, we need to score one more goal. But what about the first game in the season? When you were winning 2 nothing, you had the opportunity to score the third and you, you tried to do a fancy um, 
um, finishing instead of doing it easy and score. Well, everything matters. Everything matters. And we've been good at that so far and we're going to continue to be good at it. Have you told the players about your experiences at, at Malmö? That... No, I haven't. No. Well, will, no. Do you think you'll do that towards the end of the, when we get creep closer and closer? No, I, um, <laughs> I don't think maybe they will, will read it in the newspapers. <laughs> I, I hope... Um, or, and a big believer of that people's experiences shapes their behavior uh, so, so for me they don't need, need to know my story that I've lost the title and goal difference but they need to see that they have a coach that demands uh, focus for, for all seconds that we play and that all margins matters Interesting thoughts from the Arsenal manager Jonas Seidervel. But me and Anita were looking at each other there. I'm I'm pretty sure if it was me, I would want to tell my players that because that that there can be a tiny bit of complacency that can that can creep in. And I would think, yes, I understand that if you've experienced it, it's very different. But would he want them to experience losing on goal difference this season? Yeah, I guess it goes back to not taking for granted what you think is going in the minds of your players. You know, he he obviously has a very, Jonas is very intuitive. He's very intelligent. He really thinks about all the details. Um, and, you know, he's talking about shaping his own behaviour. So his behaviours naturally will be imparted on his whole squad. But ultimately, there's nothing wrong with sort of putting that into the atmosphere and, and letting your players know so it gets into their consciousness and that they do that, you know, habitually every day at the training ground and, and in the games. But it, it's good to hear that obviously he he really does think about the whole season from start to finish. He's not sort of working game by game or, you know, in terms of state of the season where they're at. He's had this plan from day one and he wants to see it through and clearly, you know, consistency is the key for him and demanding that focus. Yeah, absolutely agree. And uh, we'll be talking because Chelsea kept up with them. Chelsea 5, uh, Reading nil scored exactly the same number of goals as Arsenal did. So all margins matter, as Jonas said. We'll be talking about that and all the rest of the WSL results coming up shortly. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 with Faker Others and Aston Villa defender Anita Asante. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me and UEFA Cup winner Anita Asante. Right, let's look back at the rest of the weekend's WSL action with now. Women's Football Weekly Preview on TalkSport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream the biggest moments from the Women's Super League live without a contract from 11 99 Search Now Sports 18 Plus. Stream via internet. Terms apply. Right, so Chelsea 5, Reading nil. As I mentioned earlier on, Chelsea answered Arsenal's big win with a comprehensive victory over Reading at King's Meadow. Uh, Reading held strong for 40 minutes, Anita, before Jesse Fleming found a way through uh, just before half-time. Then it felt as if the floodgates opened a little bit. Two second-half goals from Beth England and Sam Kerr as well. Um, uh, Producer Flo, you, you watched this one with interest, didn't you? Especially bearing in mind you'd been at the Arsenal game. Yeah, I watched this one. Uh, it was the evening one on Sky. Um, a, re- a really a strange one, actually, because Reading managed to hold out for, for 40 minutes until um, they just kind of couldn't, couldn't uh, take it anymore, which is similar, I think, to what Leicester had against Arsenal on Sunday. Uh, I suppose that's just the, the gap in quality. Um, and then they found that they couldn't, couldn't hold out anymore. Jesse Fleming opened the scoring. And then after that, really it was kind of um the floodgates sort of opened um so yeah a, a tough one I think for for Reading Kelly Chambers actually got a, a yellow card I think after that first goal so obviously frustration in the Reading camp um of you know what is going to be a tough game against a team that is striving to win the title and obviously knows that if they win every game um they're they're, they're going to be able to to take that home so yeah clinical in the end but Beth England did especially well given the fact that Frank Kirby is still out with uh, with illness and injury uh she's done really well she scored two yesterday and she was really good in their game against Leicester as well so I've been impressed with how she stepped up having not played a lot this this season and being a bit of a backup option Penilla Harder injured as well she's really come to the four in the last couple of weeks when our managers needed her. Yeah, I tell you what, though, that moment between Beth England uh, and, and Sam Kerr, because uh, Beth got the nod from Sam to take the penalty in stoppage time, despite Sam Kerr being on a hat trick, and Beth England afterwards saying that Kerr thought she was on that she was on a hat trick. <laughs> like somebody score a hat trick, surely. Yeah, it was it was such a strange one because I don't know where Sam Kerr was doing the maths, but um, obviously she thought she thought uh, of something else. I guess maybe she thought Beth had scored that that first goal. But um, yeah, Beth said in the interview afterwards to Sky Sports that Sam had given her the, the ball because she thought she was going to get to get a hat trick, but in the end, actually ended up with two goals each. But I suppose it shows that the team ethos and the team mentality at the moment, um, you know, there, there's a great spirit in, in the camp. Um, just a shame, I guess, no one could get that hat-trick in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, West Ham nil, Manchester City 2. City keeping the chase on third place thanks to goals from Georgia Stanway and Bunny Shaw. Uh, eight wins in a row it is now in all competitions for, for City. They're three points behind Manchester United. Two fewer goals, uh, but a game in hand. Uh, By the way, our guest last week did not mention uh, Janine Becky, I'm speaking about, of course, that she was going to be moving to the Portland Thorns in the NWSL. Four years 
She spent at Manchester City, joining from Sky Blue FC. She won two FA Cups and two Continental Cups as well. And, I mean, what an absolutely incredible player she is anyway, uh, Flo. Yeah, um, it's interesting that she managed to keep that a secret last week. Um, yeah, she's had a really good time in the, in the WSL. Uh, I think her partner is, or or husband is American, so I know her family are based in Colorado. So it's not surprising that she probably wanted to get back there eventually, spent a lot of time playing in the WSL, so feels probably like a natural return, a natural reunion for her to go back there. Um, and she has spent a lot of the last few years kind of being a squad player for Manchester City um, and as they've obviously got even more ambitious and expanded their squad and brought in some big names it's meant that she's probably become a a less important part of that team Um, but she's been really solid this season when she's been required obviously at that massive injury crisis as well so I think she's had a really good few years there so um, you know she's leaving on a high but I think it's probably a good time to to look at a new project uh, and, and get back over onto I suppose the right time zone for her and her family. She said on Twitter that moving to City uh, was one of the best decisions I've ever made and she hopes it's, uh, she's leaving it in a better place than she found it. We wish you all the very best of luck, Janine. Uh, right, a big win for Aston Villa, Anita. Yeah, we're absolutely delighted. Um, you know, we've been working really hard for a result like that over the coming weeks. Um, we've had a lot of close games getting narrowly defeated 1-0. So to come away with a clean sheet and a really good goal late in the game was exactly what I think all our tireless work for the past few weeks is is resulted in. And yeah, we couldn't be happier. Yeah, Ramona Petzelberger on the score sheet. That header, uh, Villa's only shot on target. But as you say, six win of the season. Five of those, though, have come away from home. What's what's? <laughs> why is it not working at home? Yeah, it's a really good question. You know, I think we we have tried to put our our finger on on why that is. You know, and I, there's no real clear answer on that. I just think at the moment on the road we've just been really good <laughs> and have really good away form um which we know we have to improve at home um and, and adjust to maybe the the uh, environment or the atmosphere or I'm not sure what it is but it just hasn't seemed to to go in our favor I mean I think we've had some really good performances and strong performances at home but we haven't it hasn't resulted in the kind of results that we've been working for Mm, Tottenham now Manchester now 10 points behind Manchester United Uh, quest for the Champions League looking unlikely now but they've still had a superb season I'm sure they'll be disappointed with with the end to it though yeah absolutely because you know they've they've had a really good season they're in a, a really good position and they've shown that throughout the season that collectively as a squad that they're very solid um there seems to be a good understanding tactically uh, in the group um, as well as you know they have some very experienced players in Rachel Williams who leads the line from the front as well Um, and and they seem to have a very good I would say team spirit as well for a team that doesn't have the same kind of stardust perhaps that you see at the Chelsea's you know the Man City's and of course Arsenal so um, you know I think they should be really pleased with their season so far and I'm sure they'll be looking to, to push on again uh, for next season. Yeah, Manchester United uh, got victory over Brighton, just the one goal to nil, but a record-breaking sixth win in a row. Leah Galton finishing off a pinpoint Ella Toon pass. Um, and, uh, I mean, perhaps uh, the goalkeeper for Brighton could have done better. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the goalkeeper really should have done better. I think Katie's startup would be disappointed to have conceded a goal in the manner in which they did. Um, you know, of course, we know the strengths of Golton. She's powerful. She's technical. She got herself into a great position. I thought her touch maybe was a little too far away from her at the time to even get that shot in with any real quality. Um, but, you know, it happens and, and the top teams always find a way. And arguably, Man United had a number of chances to really kill that game off earlier on. So, you know, it's just resulted in pure determination that's got them the goal that you know secured the win yeah keeps them in the driving seat for Champions League football as well they've got a three-point lead and two more goals than Manchester City heading into the international break uh, but don't forget City have that game in hand over Birmingham City who drew a goalless draw against Everton at the weekend avoiding defeat for only the third time this season but they're still seven points from safety Everton are safe though they're 18 points clear of Birmingham but it's been a, a poor season for them really in the exodus has already begun. Valerie Govan uh, heading to North Carolina Courage in the NWSL. They're going to really struggle to keep hold of all their players, Anita. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the challenge for Everton. Um, looking ahead to next season is how they're going to be able to retain some of their, you know, their players, both internationals and, and domestic players, because there was a lot of promises, I, I believe, from the start of the season in terms of where they as a club saw themselves challenging the top three, getting themselves potentially into a Champions League spot themselves with a lot of heavy investment financially as well um, in terms of the players they recruited. Um, talents like Benison, Govan and Galli, a number of players that have come into this team that you know they really expected to have achieved more at this point in the season. Um so that always throws into question what players will do going into next season if they see themselves somewhere else because it hasn't worked out for them personally and, and, and collectively. Yeah, right. That was a look back at this weekend's Women's Super League action with Now. Don't forget with the Now Sports membership, you can stream the Women's Super League live on Sky Sports without a contract. All you need to do is go and search Now Sports. Women's Football Weekly Preview on TalkSport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream the biggest moments from the Women's Super League live without a contract from 11.99. Search Now Sports 18+. Plus. Stream via internet. Terms apply. Now, you mentioned earlier, Anita, some of the superstar uh, players, if you like, across the, the Women's Super League. And last week, TalkSport's Maya Graham caught up with England legend Kelly Smith to ask her who she thought had been the standout players this season. Here's who she highlighted. I have to say Millie Bright of Chelsea at centre-half. I think she's been outstanding. I've seen her game evolve um, and become on leaps and bounds. She's just an out-and-out defender, very aggressive, reads the game so well. I think her passing distribution has got better over the years and she's certainly um, been a, you know, such a strong leader for them back there um, and has helped them in the position that they are now. Um, another player that really excites me uh, is Lauren Hemp of Manchester City scary, she, <laughs> she's outstanding she's such a young talent and there's not too many people women that I watch that can get me off my seat with excitement the way that she dribbles with her close control her speed um, running with the ball um, she's a great 1v1 attacker that gets herself and the ball into the box and yeah. just so creative and got, has got the final ball um, nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> I would hate to play against Lauren yeah. Hemp. She's just so lethal. Yeah. Um, I do think her goal tally needs to be um, 
raised, yeah. um, but that's she's still so young, as I said, and she'll improve you yeah. year after year. Former Arsenal and England forward Kelly Smith there. Any that you would add to that list, Anita? Um, yeah, I think, you know, I, I would agree with all of those, but definitely, you know, I think Jess Carter's had an outstanding season for Chelsea and also got herself into the England squad and has shown her quality and her versatility. Um, you know, Kim Little for me is just a wizard in midfield. The ball <laughs> sticks to her like glue. It's impossible to get the ball off of her and she's just such an intent, intelligent player. And just, you know, she has so much finesse and class when she plays. She's just always a joy for me to watch. Um, and probably just Guru Raiten. I think if you look at her influence uh, over the Chelsea season, the assists that she is involved in, she's just, you know, the quality of her deliveries and crosses, um, I think has really allowed players like Kerr and, uh, sorry, England to get the goals that they get. If, if, you know, it's through her complete ability to go 1v1 and, and actually deliver that kind of quality into the box. So, yeah, for de- definitely all of those players. Yeah, it really is. Great to hear from Kelly Smith as well. Right, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Ruthers with Aston Villa's Anita Asante. Next, we're going to be discussing Iranian women's continued fight for the right to watch football. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football, with me, Faker Others, and Aston Villa's Anita Asante. Uh, now, this is not a specific women's football issue, but it is an issue affecting women who love football, want to be able to watch football, play football, and be involved in football as they should. Um, Last week, there were calls on FIFA to ban Iran from the World Cup after around 2,000 women were prevented from attending Iran's World Cup qualifier against Lebanon. Videos were shared on social media of authorities using pepper spray on women who were protesting outside the stadium when they weren't allowed in. Just to give you some context on this, if you don't remember the, the story, but, but back in 2019, female fan Saha Kodiyari, known as the Blue Girl after the colours of her favourite team, set herself on fire in fear of being jailed after trying to attend a match in disguise. Pressure on Iran increased after that. So this January, women were allowed to attend an international for the first time in almost three years. Uh, that was for a World Cup qualifier against Iraq. But it does feel after what happened the other day, as if things have have gone backwards again. The United for Navid group of exiled Iranian athletes and activists that was set up after the execution of wrestling champion Navid Afkari in September 2020 said that Iran needs to be suspended from international football until it changes its stance. They're in the Men's World Cup in 2022, and I was in Qatar on Friday for, for the World Cup draw. Let's hear the thoughts because I spoke to both England head coach Gareth Southgate and Iran's head coach Dragan Skocic about the incident. I have to say I wasn't aware of it until I was asked just previously to this interview. So um, there's something else I'm going to have to find out more about. Um, You know, international football is complex and, you know, we're finding that increasingly so. There's barely a week goes by where I'm not having to... uh, answer more questions on politics and diplomatic status than I am football, frankly. But, you know, that, that it's important. We can't avoid those subjects. But um, in terms of a team's eligibility or otherwise, that's for other people to decide, really. So that was England head coach Gareth Southgate. Let's hear from the Iran head coach, Dragan Skocic, now. 
Okay, we, we, we don't know a lot of things uh, because we, we, were, we were in the stadium, we were, we were playing, and, but uh, of course uh, women must uh, stay close, close to, to men in the stadium. This is supposed to be a, a, an open World Cup. Gianni Infantino said that in his opening speech and it feels as if Iran is not welcoming to female football fans. Okay, I, I don't want to spend uh, words for this. Is Everyone know what, uh, how that we expected the, the ladies with our national team. There are calls for Iran to be ejected from the World Cup. Have you spoken to the authorities about that at all? No, no. I think that this was only story and I, I think also not, not, not reason. But always we have to take care about this uh, human right. And uh, I, I said it's uh, absolutely, I, I think that it's not uh, good to spend the words for this. We have to do more than, than listen about human rights. We have to do something about it. Um, the Iran captain, Ali Reza Yahangbaksh, who you'll remember used to play for, for Brighton, was very outspoken on this as well. I also spoke to head of global football development, Arsene Wenger, about his thoughts. I was given quite a, a FIFA answer, I felt. Uh, basically, not my domain, but it's being looked into. It's, it's infuriating to watch... Anita, Human Rights Watch urged FIFA to demand Iran urgently overturn the discriminatory stadium ban on women and ensure accountability uh, for, for abuses. But it feels as if nothing's being done. For me, it's it's absolutely disgusting, quite frankly. And these are long-standing violations. You know, this is not the first time that this type of thing has occurred with Iran. And, you know, all we're hearing, in my opinion, is a lot of rhetoric around this subject and not enough action. And we know that FIFA has charters, you know, relating to discrimination and, and abuses to human rights that they can actually start to enforce real penalties that will really try to put some more pressure on the federation and, and maybe the country as a whole to really uphold these issues and, and really make a change, protect women and and the victims in all of this and and give them the opportunity to obviously attend what everyone should have the right to um is is football and football matches international matches and and, and domestic games as well but it feels like there is no action happening and no one is really taking it on board and and trying to do something that will really significantly make that shift yeah i agree with you it feels as if people are a passing the buck that's that's for sure um i hope you understand why we wanted to focus on it here on women's football weekly it's it's absolutely crucial that these issues get highlighted and i don't feel as if there's been enough conversation about this yet again but bearing in mind iran were drawn in england's group for the tournament in november it's not an issue that's going to go away and it's certainly not an issue that we're going to ignore here on women's football weekly either uh right the international break does begin this week. England are playing two World Cup qualifiers away from home. Firstly against North Macedonia this Friday, uh, then Northern Ireland at Windsor Park in Belfast next Tuesday. Producer Flo is going to be across those for the TalkSport network. What are you looking forward to, Flo? 
Yeah, in, interesting couple of games. Um, I saw Tom Gary, I think, write a column in the Telegraph today in which he said he, he thought it was a little bit pointless for England to pick a, a, a sort of first-choice squad for these games because they are, in effect, sort of training exercises. I kind of disagree. I do think they are important. Um, and as we creep closer to the Euros, you know, every bit of of match practice England can can get is important. But obviously they probably will both be fairly straightforward wins. Yeah. Anita, do you, do you think that's that's right? Yeah, I mean, there is a reason why they, you know, they the managers prepare for these matches. They're qualifiers. They want to take them seriously. They're not going to take them for granted, despite the ranking of the teams they're going to meet. It's not just about showing up for an exercise and not taking it seriously. It's about getting your players to tune into that mindset of, you know, they are preparing for a tournament a massive tournament where they can actually compete and try to win something so it's about can you bring that winning mentality to every single game regardless of who they're going to meet so for me it's a very important exercise yeah I agree with you and I think uh, to be to be honest I mean men's football isn't either we're, we're still not at that that level of parity just yet with the quality of opposition always but it, it means that you have to go and, and fight for your place. There's a home Euros coming up, regardless of, of the World Cup qualifiers, if you like. Take that out of the out of the equation. You're fighting for your place on a home Euros squad equally, uh, which is really vital. We'll, of course, be bringing you all the action. We'll produce a flow, Will, uh, all the action uh, from those games as well. Anita, what have you got planned in the international break? What are you up to? International break, um, yeah, probably a lot more of this, chatting more football, as I love to do. <laughs> I'm going to, yeah, no, I'm definitely going to have a little pause and a break and enjoy, you know, some little trips locally to some cafes and different out- adventures outdoors. Wonderful. Well, I look forward to hearing all about your adventures. It's been a pleasure as always. We shall see you soon here on Women's Football Weekly. Big thank you to Anita Asante, to Matt Beard, Maya Graham, Kelly Smith, Bradley Hayden, producer Flo and all of you as ever for listening. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the show, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.